you. Our second reading this morning is from Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Hear the word of God. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, on the people of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him not having a righteousness on my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share His suffering, become, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again we praise your holy name for your word. And for the privilege to be in your presence as your flock in the last Sunday of this year. Help us to understand this morning all the blessings from discernment you have in your word by the power of your Holy Spirit. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. From the Babylonians who lived 2,000 years before Christ to the medieval knights who would renew their vows, New Year's resolutions are nothing new. I know it's a big thing in American culture, but in several different countries. However, it is interesting that our resolutions are not always realistic, or I would say wise. Maybe some of you already have all the resolutions set on a piece of paper. No. But I'd like to encourage you to seek discernment from the Lord while we prepare our hearts for the new year about to come in, in a few hours. It is important to mention that our re resolutions are based on what we consider important in life. Organizing our priorities 
not an easy task. We need God's wisdom. I would say we need discernment. Discernment is a Greek word, or a Latin word, sorry. It comes from discernere, which means separate, divide, decide, and mentor. It means instrument. Discernment is the faculty of choosing what is right, having criteria of judgment. It is the ability to evaluate something and clearly know what is the right path. How many people we know who destroyed their lives by not having discernment what path to take? So this is a very important theme and statement as we are visioning a new year. So this is why we just return to this precious Bible passage and to the, to the letter of joy. In the chapter 3, we see uh, an abrupt transition. Paul, in chapter 2, explained his imprisonment and he gave us a perfect model of servant. Beginning or starting with Christ, after that, he put himself as a model to follow also Timothy and also the deacon Epaphroditus. After sharing his willingness to visit the Philippians, he was in jail. Here we will start the chapter 3 with the opening word, finally. Indicates that he is moving to other matters. He is not finishing the letter, but he will share some important things regarding discernment, regarding how that church could move forward to the direction the Lord had for them. But how does Paul start? He says in the verse 1 Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is the safe for you. So, all of all things he could begin by saying, why does Paul urge them to do? He already mentioned in chapter 1 that they should rejoice in the Lord. He repeats the same statement in chapter 2 and now again in chapter 3. He shares regarding contentment. He's just making clear that contentment is not a state of our spirit. It's not an emotion. Contentment is a disposition of heart. It's an attitude that every single Christian should take regardless the circumstance. And remember, when he was writing this, he was in jail. Because he was serving the Lord with faithfulness, but at that moment he was not allowed to do what he loved the most, sharing the gospel of Christ with everyone out of the street. Even though he's not talking about himself, he's not licking his wounds, but he's encouraging the church to be content. And after that, he will share. Blessings from discernment. What that church should do to have discernment 
to keep serving the Lord. And what we should do as Huntington Valley Presbyterian Church to have discernment for the next year. Regardless if you are five, six years old or if you are already in your 90s. The Lord has discernment for everyone here. The first way to find the blessings from discernment is to be aware of the distorted moral values among us. We need to be aware of the distorted moral values among us. Take a look again in the verse 2 of chapter 3. He says, Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. In the NIV version, he says, watch out. In the old King James, he mentions, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. I never heard this word before. It's ancient. So, why is Paul advising the church so strongly immediately after to command them to be content? They needed to be aware of every single dangers they had to be able to rejoice in the Lord. So, now he calls their attention and the apostle was deeply disturbed by the continued news from Philippi. He was in prison and that church was a blessing. You remember, they were generals. They helped to plant the church in Thessalonica. They were a missionary church. But they were facing some problems. And who was that enemy? We know them as Judaizers. They were Jews who were living in Philippi, who heard the gospel of Jesus, the way of salvation through Jesus Christ. They received Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they thought just the faith in Christ Jesus was not enough for salvation. To be saved beyond to trust in Christ Jesus they should obey the law of Moses and be circumcised. And not just them, but every single Gentile should be circumcised as well. And they started to spread this among the community. Could be something simple or just a different perspective for some people. But this is not the way Paul saw the problem. And this is why Paul makes a strong statement. He says, be aware of the dogs. Paul is not talking about the little pets you have at home. All beautiful, smelling perfume. Not at all. Those dogs back in those days were dirty dogs living out of the streets. You cannot see those dogs here at Huntington Valley, but I tell you there are a bunch of places in Brazil or in Africa or England where you will see those dogs and you won't allow your children to play with them or pet them. They were just moving trash, carrying disease. And this was the exact words the Jews used to 
named the Gentiles. They were prideful, arrogant. They thought they were the best in the world. It is this term Paul uses to mention those Jews living in the church, trying to distort the right vision of Christianity. He says, be aware of those dogs, bad workers. The, the worldview we have as Christians is crucial to have the right discernment. The correct worldview is crucial to establish what priorities we're going to have in 2024. And maybe you can think with yourself, but pastor, I believe we don't have here at Huntington Valley Presbyterian Church any Judaizer. We don't have anybody trying to obligate us to be circumcised. Probably not, surely not. So this danger we don't face as the Church of Christ in 2023. But living in a different time, we need to discern what are the dangers we have today. What challenges do we face as Christians to live in the Word of God, to have the right perspective of life, to have the right worldview? There are many resolutions non-Christians are just listing right now far beyond what is right before God. And we need to be careful regarding the bad influence. And I would agree with some scholars that one of the threatenings we face as the Church of Christ is materialism. Thinking that our salvation was assured by Christ, so this is our eternal destiny. But while we are here, we live, we must work as hard as we can. We must grow and get more money and money. And those things are not bad in themselves. They can be blessings from the Lord. The problem is when our lives is driven by the possession and the materialism. As Christians, we need to understand that everything we do and every single circumstance of life should point to Christ. And those Judaizers, they were living under the wrong worldview and behaving in a prideful way and boasting regarding their good deeds and obedience to the law. And this is why the Lord just advising them in the Old Testament, in Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24, the Lord said, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his mind. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in these, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in earth. For in these things I delight, declare the Lord. So the first reflection I would like to make with you, church, what are the threatenings we have as Christians living today? 
Knowing the world we live, the reality we raise our children, can we identify what is trying to corrupt our view regarding the world and how to live here? At that time, they, they were the Judaizers. Can be the materialists. Can be every single, every single teaching that opposes the gospel of Christ. So to have the blessings from discernment beyond to be aware of the dangers around us, we need to define what we value. We need to define the most precious things we have. Notice verse 7 and 8 in the chapter 3 when Paul says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing, surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. The Bible points us to Jesus as the most important person in our lives, as the center of the Christian life. As we already mentioned, all the qualities that Paul refers in the verse 5 and 6, they are good, they are not bad things. If you notice again what he mentioned, he said, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as the law, a Pharisee. Those stuff were qualities and blessings from the Lord if they were used in the right way. But for Paul it was not good. Because all the qualities and privileges he had in life, it was a way to bust himself. It was just bringing growth to the pride in his heart. This is the reason when Paul searched his heart and realized how was his condition before God, that his wisdom, all the diploma or privileges he had in life, they could not save him. They could not give him or grant to him eternal life. So this is why in the verse 8 Paul says that he counted everything as loss because the good things in his life were in his way to serve the Lord in a better way. And the word loss he mentions here in the verse 7 and 8 is the only passage and the Paul's letter that he mentions. You will find these words in the New Testament just in Acts 27. In the narrative of the perilous journey, when Paul was traveling and a great storm came, and all the prophets they had in that ship, ship was thrown into the sea. All those stuff were great and could be bring profit for the ship's owner, 
for many families, but in that circumstance of storm, it was <laughs> necessary to throw all of them in the sea to save all the lives. Applying the same principle and these words, Hendrickson wisely declares, so also the advantage of being born into a Christian home and receiving a wonderful Christian education becomes a disadvantage when it is considered as the basis on which to build the hope of eternal life. The same can be said concerning money, personal attractiveness, culture, physical vigor, etc. Such benefits can turn into obstacles. Steps will become stumbling objects if used incorrectly. We have several blessings in this nation. Regarding ourselves, our children, we have several privileges as church, as a society, but we cannot allow all those privileges become obstacles in our growth to knowing Christ, to come closer to Him, to have a deeper relationship, to sharing our faith and spread the good news of salvation. This is why Paul said, oh, I consider all this stuff as a loss compared to the knowledge of Christ. I want to know Christ. For the love of Christ, for it Paul had not renounced the too much value he placed on these privileges. They would have deprived him of Christ, the only real prophet. So according to these passages, Christ Jesus is much more than Paul's explain. Christ was his friend. His life, his love, his strength, his glory, his rock. Christ was his reward. This is why, once again, Hendrickson comments Just as the rising of the sun extinguishes the light of the stars, and as the presence of a pearl of great price extinguishes, the shine of the other genes. So, fellowship with Christ Jesus our Lord eclipses the brilliancy of all things. It is Christ himself that Paul is thinking about and not this or that issue around Christ. The apostle was in completely agreement with the psalmist who says, who, not what, who have I in heaven? but you, and there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. What are the things we have in our trophy wall? Could be our graduate degree, publications, how smart and wonderful our children are, how lovely our wives are, our ability to build and fix things. All those things are good stuff. But if they are dragging our attention too much and taking from us the growth of Christ, 
we should in the last Sunday of this year search our hearts and think how the knowledge of Christ and a real relationship with Him is a priority in my life. As C.S. Lewis stated, everything that is not eternal is eternally useless. How can I use my time, possessions, gifts, money, family, to come closer to Christ and share His love with lost people, the lost people who don't know Him. Everything that we have came from the Lord. And we should see as instruments for His glory. And my desire is not to lower anyone's expectations in this service, but simply to remind us that our identity is not found in what we accomplished in 2023 or in our resolutions for 2024. Our identity is found in Christ because our lives are dynamic. It keeps changing all the time in different stages and moments. We can celebrate everything the Lord gave us or gave to us, but also we use them for His glory and giving the right emphasis. So, I'd like to invite you to have the same disposition of the Apostle when he said in Galatians 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. May the Lord give us the grace to rework our resolutions list and think how Christ will be glorified in every single resolution I have for 2024. As a father, a wife, a mother, a husband, a son, a student, as a businessman, Regardless your age, Christ can be glorified and you can dig deeper in your relationship with Him. All of us can do that. Let's bow our heads and pray and ask to the Lord to give us the grace to have discernment. Heavenly Father, we praise You. We praise You for the new year that is about to come. We praise you because regardless the challenges, the pain, all the struggles we had in 2023, we are standing in your presence and ready to serve you with many blessings as local church, but also, Lord, several blessings regarding our personal lives. Help all of us to move forward in the right direction. Open our, our eyes to see and understand all the dangers around us. The wrong world view and help us to have a Christ-centered life 
and prioritize your kingdom in every single moment and circumstance. Give us this grace to know you more and more. This is our main desire for 2024. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.